Women are powerful and have accomplished great things. Yet, sometimes we suffer from self-doubt, fear, and limiting beliefs. We often believe that we are not good enough. These negative beliefs stop us from achieving our goals. Welcome to Sprinting to Success, a podcast dedicated to women who have experienced struggles, yet found ways to step into their power, their greatness, and learn to embrace challenges. These women will share their stories and give you insights to help you on your path so you can follow your dreams. And now, here's your host, Esme Lawrence. And now, my guest is a sales and marketing professional. She helps entrepreneurs close more sales for their business with one-on-one coaching, online training, webinars, and classes in her business, 416 Sales. You can get her free ebook, 12 Secret Sales Hacks at 416sales.com or buy it on Amazon. My guest today is Laura Burton. Laura, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here, Asmi. Oh, thank you so much. So tell me about your childhood. What kind of child were you? Well, I think I was kind of shy when I was younger. I was raised in an upper middle class family in the Chicago area, and I was the youngest of three. And my siblings were very, I I would say that they were more outgoing than I was. And so as the youngest, I think I was a little bit shy and and a little bit kind of self-conscious. But over, you know, as I grew up, I, I learned to kind of get in there and, you know, do more things. And my parents were great at motivating me to learn things and got me into classes and I was a little dancer when I was younger. I did tap dancing and did little shows. And so it helped me to get out of my shell. Right. And so you were shy as a young child. So what were some of the other challenges going forward as a teenager? As a teenager, I think that, I think for me, it was more of not really knowing exactly what I wanted to do. I figured I would just be a mom like my mother and do that. And at the time, women's liberation was really coming in. And so when I got into high school as a teenager, suddenly I was hearing about career and all these wonderful things. And I was just, I had never given it any thought because I just thought I would get married and I would have children. And so now all of a sudden I was thrown into this, you know, go be somebody. And I was like, okay, what should I go be? And then my dad got me into flight training and thought it would be really cool for me to be an airline pilot. He loved to fly. He was a private pilot. And it was great fun being in airplanes with him. And I loved flying with him. I was so scared to fly by myself. And it really wasn't my passion. But I loved flying with my father. And I, I wanted to make him happy. And and there were a bunch of times where I wanted to, to stop because I was scared. I remember I was flying this little trainer airplane. That, you know, you could feel five knots of wind <laughs> oh. flying by myself. And I'm just like looking around. And then I see this big jet and I could see the name of the airline. on it. And I'm like, okay, I shouldn't be up here. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> and I'm flying and you know, I landed. I'm just like, okay. And I call my dad. I'm like, I don't want to fly anymore. And he's like, why not? And it's like, I don't want to die. And he's like, why do you think you're going to die? And, you know, and he kept talking me through and he would not let me quit because of fear. And so he taught me just keep going and to be relentless. And, you know, even when I was just like, Oh, I just don't know if I can do it. He wouldn't let me stop. And that was one of the best things my dad ever did for me because it taught me to just keep going, even if it doesn't feel good. And even if I don't know, go anyway, do it anyway, don't stop. 
I love that. I really love that um, because um, you're f- afraid and fear, you know, when you um, break through fear, then that's mm-hmm. where you have your success. It's on the other side. So I'm glad he said, don't give up. Yeah. Even though you're afraid, keep pushing, keep pushing, you know, and then once you're there and you get comfortable flying. So once you became comfortable flying, how did it make you feel? And were you still afraid? Well, you know, it felt amazing. I remember the first time my instructor got out of the plane and said, okay, go and take off. And what they did is they said it was touch and go. So you would take off and then you would fly around and you would land and you'd do that three times. And I remember when he got out of the plane, because he was kind of a big guy. He was, I think, a couple hundred pounds. And I'm in this little plane and, you know, I'm 16 years old. I mean, my parents had me flying airplanes before I could parallel park a car very well. So it was, just, oh, wow. it was yeah, it was really a little bit intimidating. And as a young kid, I was always put into things with older kids. I, it just seemed like it happened all the time. So I was always like, oh my gosh, why am I here? And, you know, I took off and, you know, I was so used to his weight in the plane that, you know, when he went, it was just like the, the plane just went, you know, whoosh, and it just lifted up so much. I was like, wow. And, and I remember when I landed the first time, cause I'm like, you know, I was like rehearsing in my head, you know, getting ready for this day. And then I did it and I was like, I landed a plane and it's like, wow. And I remember coming back and I was just like, this is amazing. This is the coolest thing. And, you know, and I just loved it. I thought it was so neat. And, you know, there was just something really special about being to being able to accomplish something and being a teenager and having an experience flying airplanes. It's very apparent that your life is in your hands when you are, you know, in an airplane right. and you're flying around and landing is not a normal thing. You know, you don't want to put your, you know, put your nose to the ground because it's a forced crash, you know, <laughs> you know it's, it's not this thing of like, okay, great. This is awesome. It's like, you know, okay, I'm going down to the ground. And, and you know, so it's, you always have to stay ahead of where you're at and, and plan and, and imagine where you are before you get there. And so it's a good practice of really visualizing and, and seeing, you know, okay, what's ahead. It's a good practice for life, right? You just have your mind positive. Yeah. You just have to keep your mind very positive, you know, and I've been looking a lot more at, you know, how you think and, and what that creates and, and keeping yourself very positive. So there's a mental discipline that's really important to have if you want to really be successful in doing. Right. You have to be definitely positive because if you're not yeah. positive and focused, there's no way you're going to um, become successful because I always say success is a marathon. Absolutely. And really interesting is that you decide where you're going to go. Yes. You know, you look at where you are and where you're going to go and what you have to get you there. So there's a planning that comes up. So it, it's good to have that practice, you know, okay, where am I? Where do I want to go? Right. And what is it going to take? And you have to make that decision. Do I want to go? Right. And do I really want to get there? Because you can get there. You know, if you're going to fly from LA to New York and you have this little tiny plane, it's going to take days. <laughs> it's going to be a long flight. Right. If you have a jet, it's a lot faster. So you can really gauge where you're at. But if you want to get there, you will. You just have to be willing to make the trip. Right. So you decide to get there the long way or the short way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so move forward to um, you as a young adult. What were some of those challenges? I think for me, one thing my parents instilled in me was that, you know, go do whatever you want. And I loved music and I loved art. And when I got out of school, I was looking for what could I do that was creative. And there were times when I would be looking at you know, maybe a different industry or, you know, what are the different jobs and things like that. And I didn't really find my way. And I would look at certain things and look at, you know, well, what kind of person do I have to be to be successful in this? And is it that the person I want to be? And I always found myself getting sales jobs of some kind, because I could always sell. 
what I love about selling is that you're helping people, you know, you've got something right. cool and they're coming in and they need something. And so you do that and you make it cool for them and then it's great. Right. And so that was a lot of fun, but I never felt like I really hit my stride because it didn't occur to me or I didn't realize that being in sales was actually a profession. You know, to me, you were a doctor, you were a lawyer, you were an architect, you were, you were something, but a salesman wasn't really something that I understood as being a career. So I was, you know, and I was pursuing my art and that was so much fun. And, and sales gave me the freedom to be able to go do what I want and have free time to go be an artist and, and explore and, and live different places. So it was fun. Great. So where's, where were some of the places that you lived? I uh, lived in Colorado for a while. I was in Boulder. I was in Telluride for a period of time. I was in Arizona, got to California, met my uh, my first husband in Arizona, met my second husband in California. I'm still with him. <laughs> We're still, right. still together. And it's just been an amazing journey. It, right. I've really learned a lot. Um, so Laura, tell me some of the challenges as an adult, some of the personal challenges that you've had in your life as an adult. The biggest challenge that I've had is when I was 36 years old, I was working at a big department store in Beverly Hills and I got exposed to chemicals and I was chemically injured. So here I'm 36 years old. It's supposed to be the prime of my life. I'm going to be doing all these great things. And I suffered a chemical injury. Well, I ended up on disability for five years. What was the chemical injury? Like um, something spilled on you or explain? No, I was, I was selling clothing and I didn't realize that when they ship clothing and overseas, there are a lot of chemicals that are sprayed. They put pesticides and different things because of bugs and stuff. And so I was exposed to a combination of chemicals, you know, formaldehyde was one and, and I don't even know what, wow. but the shipment of clothing came in, you know, I was selling clothes and furs and, and doing all this stuff. And this new clothing came in. And I remember the meeting that this, the floor guy had, you know, the manager, and he's like, there's new technology in clothing. And it's like, Ooh, okay. And they're going to be chunking sweaters and all this stuff. And it sounded really cool. Well, this clothing came in and my eyes started burning and it wasn't long before I was like really not okay. Fortunately, the human resources director understood this and got me on workman's comp pretty quickly. Well, I went to the doctor. Well, I didn't realize that that chemical exposure can really take you down. And the doctors weren't telling me what to do really. It took me a while to even get to doctors that were going to help me. And I became really, really sick over a period of about three years. Wow. And I was told, you know, stay away from fumes and stress and dust and chemicals. And I'm living in California. I'm living in the San Fernando Valley with, you know, the land of cars. I mean, <laughs> how am I supposed to stay away from cars? I right. looked at the doctor when he said this to me. I'm like, how? And he said, it's very hard. I'm like, that's not an answer. Like, that's not telling me what to do. And I was researching, where can I go? And I just found that there were so many chemicals everywhere. It wasn't like you leave. It was hard. I couldn't walk a mile. And I was wow. really sick and I had a lot of fatigue and this went on. And I remember I didn't understand like what purpose do I have? All my friends and all the people I knew were, you know, they're killing it. They're crushing in their careers. They've got family. They're buying houses. I'm in a studio apartment and I can barely get off of a futon. Wow. And I thought, you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a loser. My therapist transcriber was transcribing a report and she contacted my doctor after transcribing what was happening with my session with her. She said, will you please give me your patient, my friend's number? She's got environmental illness. She can probably help your patient. And so I called this woman and she gave me an entire list of things to change in my life, you know, change your water, change your life. So I drink purified water to this day. 
uh, stay away from, you know, get the chemicals out of your house, change what you use on your skin. You know, how do you, how do you get the chemicals out of your house? Well, it's the cleaners that you're using. It's the detergents that you're using. I was told to uh, not use plastic anymore as much as possible. So my cooking became glass and ceramic and stainless steel. I was using water filters and I was using air filters and I had to change all my cleaning stuff. I had to change all of the um, shampoos and skincare, toothpaste, everything I was using. Uh, I was soaking my clothes and all of my laundry and baking soda in water in the washing machine to remove the chemicals off of the clothing. I stopped buying new clothes. I was going to the thrift store because of the off-gassing. Uh, it was very hard for me because my system got so compromised that if I was out and I was exposed to chemicals, I was down for like two days Wow. and barely moving. And so when I got this list of things to do, I mean, I got organic bedding. I mean, it was... I couldn't afford most of it when I first got the list, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to just chip away at what I can do. So I did that and it took about three years and I got my health back. And then it was another year before I could start working full time. And then it was like, okay, I can't go back to what I was doing before. You know, I always worked retail and I did all these different things. It's like, I can't do that anymore. It's like, well, now what? I ended up getting into different types of sales jobs and marketing and, and things like that. And so and I got back to doing music and I got back to doing art a little bit, but you know, it, it really did put me on the sidelines and my whole perspective changed. You know, now when I see somebody who's going through a hard time, I really understand they would rather not be going through that hard time. Right. <laughs> you know? yes. They would rather be feeling fabulous. Thank you very much. They'd be, you know, they'd rather be having the best day of their life. Right. And they can't change that. What happened is going on. And, what I started understanding about being sick was being sick becomes very self-consuming. You know, you, you become very focused on what you need or how you're feeling and it doesn't help you get better. And there's a, a process of, of grief almost of losing who you are that happens when suddenly you're taken out of the workforce. Right. Your life has been disrupted. Um, yeah. Your normal pattern and all of a sudden you're sick. Yeah. You're consumed by I'm sick, woe is me, right? Oh, yeah. You know, so what did you do to, um, to get over that uh, mentality? At some point I turned a corner and I think what happened was, you know, I was feeling very, just very, I, I think I was dealing with a lot of depression. I actually was dealing with clinical depression and they wanted to put me on prescription medication for that, but I'm supposed to stay away from chemicals and they were wanting to give me chemicals to treat what was going on and that didn't sit with me. And I got this newsletter in the mail and it was a female nutritionist and it said five minute cure for depression. Or, and I was like, okay, I'm dealing with depression. What is it? <laughs> and it was baking soda and water. Apparently for women, I don't know if it works for men, but for women, if our system is acidic, then the neurotransmitters don't turn amino acids or proteins into amino acids. There's something that happens where we become depressed. So I was diagnosed with clinical depression, barely able to get out of bed. And within a day and a half of doing baking soda and water, I was feeling fine. Wow. So my system had gotten acidic. And then what I started realizing is that, you know, I am serving a purpose. My doctors 
went to school for years so someone pathetic like me could walk in their office. So, you know, I'm helping them. And my lawyer certainly spent a lot of time going to school so he could help someone like me. So I, I guess this is my purpose and okay, I'll do this. But I did get better and I was able to get to work. Yeah, I've been through a period of time, you know, when you become sick like that and you're, you're taken out and you're rebuilding your life, like it really was a rock bottom for me. And building back my life, you know, part of me was thinking, how could I find someone who would even want to be with me? Because my self-esteem had gotten taken down. We happened to meet at a really good time for one of us. We've been together just about 12 years. And, you know, we definitely, you know, have, as a team, we have really accomplished things and, and done things. You know, we haven't always had the easiest time, you know, things happen. But, you know, somehow we, we just, we stick it out. Right. You know, the good thing is that, when you're in a relationship, when you've got a commitment, as long as both people don't want to give up at the same time, you're going to make it. <laughs> you know? Right. Now, in your first marriage, did you have low self-esteem? It wasn't so much that. I think what happened in my first marriage is I got injured when I was married. When I got injured and everything changed, I became a very different person. And so, and what was happening and what I needed wasn't right. And I probably ruined that marriage, you know, in, in all honesty, I didn't really know what to do because of what had happened to me. And I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to be a wife and I didn't know how to be okay in the marriage at that point. And so I ended up leaving. Right. So it wasn't my most wonderful thing, but he went on to marry a fabulous person and they have kids and they're super happy and they're right. wonderful. And I've got a guy who's amazing. And, and so I think it all worked out for both of us, but you know, sometimes when something really strong that's very, very impactful and so much changes within a person, it's not always easy to stay in the environment that you've been in if what your needs are changed so dramatically right. and, and that injury changed everything. Right. And of course, um, as a person, we all grow. Yeah. And, um, you know, things, situation comes into your life that changes. And so if you can't find a way to connect with your partner, um, the change and move forward and grow together, then obviously the relationship is, is not going to work. Yeah. And it, you know, he's, it was an amazing experience going through that. And I could feel the day that it was, that it kind of like, when when we got married, you know, when you get married, you kind of have this thing that goes together. And I could feel that it had split. Uh, and so I kind of felt like we were not going to be going in the same direction anymore. And I wasn't trying to force that. But you yeah. know, there there came a day where it was like, okay, I, I need to not do this anymore. Right. I can relate to you. Um, you know, because uh, I was married for almost 24 years. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, yeah, great, great man, right. But we just grew apart. Mm. we're still friends right but oh that's good yeah but that connection that we had before it wasn't there you know and yeah. so you know it was time to leave the marriage and that was tough you know but yeah. um you know we're but i'm better off for it and and, and so is oh, that's he good you know but that's yeah, we're, yeah we're friends and that's really nice you know we can leave on really good terms because we have three children together Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, how nice. It's important that we remain friends. Yeah. You know, even if I go on to a different relationship or he goes on to another relationship, well, we're friends because I'm, he's going to always be in my life because I have three children with this, um, with this man. So oh, yeah, yeah, life, life, it happens, you know, you change, you grow, you know? And um, so now what is your passion? My passion is really helping people. Uh, I ended up getting into internet marketing and sales, you know, sales was just always something that I did. And I love writing. And 
what was funny is that my husband said to me, why don't you get a writing job? You love writing. And there was an internet marketing company looking for project managers. And they put the ad in the writer's section because to them, if you could write an email, you could probably be articulate. And they wanted you know, professionalism in how people were dealing with their clients. And so it was like, you know, you're going to be emailing and making phone calls. I was like, I love talking on the phone and I love sending emails. That's, those are my two favorite things. Sign me up. So I, I went in, I got this $12 an hour job. You know, I'm, 40 something years old and I <laughs> got a $12 an hour job. I'm like, okay, great. Let's do this. And I, you know, we needed to make more money. I needed to make more money for us. My husband, you know, we needed more. So it wasn't long before I figured out what people needed when I was working there. And so I started selling to the clients and I became one of their top salespeople position overseeing a sales department with openers and closers. I was told to close and I was second voicing and closing a lot of deals for reps but I had never brought on a new client. And then, you know, I get this room of openers who had no structure and who were barely working and I'm supposed to do this stuff. I'm, I was like a deer in headlights. I was just like, <laughs> I was so scared and I didn't know what to do. And I was like, okay, you know, let's do this. And I, I ended up doing well. And so I've, I've been in internet marketing for a while and, and I've done sales coaching. I've done sales training and I just love helping people with their marketing. And I love, teaching people how to and be more effective in selling because so then how do you um teach entrepreneurs how to sell i've done uh some training classes online i've done some one-on-one -on -one coaching i just did a workshop for an organization called score on creating your best internet marketing you know marketing plan and that was a lot of fun because I get a chance to share uh, i do some work with an internet marketing company right now and i get to help business owners find what is it that's going to work for them. So the consulting, you know, being a marketing consultant and I can also be a sales coach and, and help with that sort of thing. I love solving problems and I love giving people a realistic view of what is going to work. You know, what happens with entrepreneurs when they're looking at their marketing, they're looking at selling, it can get overwhelming one because there's so many choices. I mean, back in 2011, when I got into internet marketing, there were, 150 different companies that were doing internet marketing services. Wow. Okay. Now they're over 7,000. Wow. That's so, even... <laughs> uh, yeah. That's and a so, lot. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they put in an inquiry to find a professional to help them and they get, you know, 30 phone calls. Yeah. They're bombarded and it gets confusing. And so what I like to do is really get an understanding of what are, what's their goal? What do they want to accomplish? And then really take a look at, you know, okay, so when you're looking at your budget, where are the people that you're selling to? Do they know you already? Do they know what they need? Where are they looking for this? Do you need to get in front of them with something new? And really decide what's happening. And a lot of times people just right off the bat, they need a new website because websites need to convert. They need to be marketing sites. You have to have the right information. Website design, you know, when it's, when people started on the internet, they would get a website because that was, you were supposed to have a website, right? You're supposed to have that. It's your business card. It's your brochure, but there's a lot of money being made. You know, there are a lot of people doing business and getting lead generation and selling products and things. And so you have to have the right messaging and, and people have to really understand what you offer and why you're the best choice for them. And 
getting someone into a situation where they're going to get the right website, they're going to get the right marketing, they're going to have the right messaging, it's going to be done correctly is really rewarding because that's what people need. Right. And so I'm, I'm glad that I have people that I work with and I have, you know, a lot of different friends and people that I know different resources. So if I'm talking to a business owner, I know where to send them and how to put it together so that they're going to be successful with their budget. Cause it's so important if you're spending money to get a result. You just have to. If you're spending money, you're not going to, you don't want to waste your money. You want to make sure yeah. that you know what, you know, what you, you need. Because yeah. I mean, I mean, me as a, as a, you know, entrepreneur, um, sometimes I don't really know what I need. So, so you're yeah. saying I need to be uh, more, have clarity, figure out what yeah. I need and then get a coach. <laughs> well, yeah. And the other thing too, is that it's, what are your customers? You know, the people who you're serving, what is it that you're helping them with that makes their life better? Everybody right. wants better. You know, why do we get a new car? Cause it's going to be better. Right. Why do we buy a, you know, makeup It's going to make us look better. You know, right. all the things that we're doing have to do with being better. And so better is, are you saving them time? Are you saving them money? Are you just giving them an upgrade? Is this a necessity? You know, if you have a company and it's an emergency service, your marketing strategy is completely different than somebody who is selling a product that has to do with, you know, this is going to make me, this is going to be fun or, <laughs> or, or this would be nice to have, you know, if, if someone's pipes have burst, they're going to, you know, they're call, they're going on Google and they're doing a search and they're calling the top of the people, you know, you have to be where people are looking for you. Right. And if they don't have a reason or don't know to look for you, because you're going to be the right thing for them to have for their lifestyle. There's ways of doing it. Yeah. So you have to make sure that you're out there so they can, they can find you. Yeah. Or right. yeah. And and do it in a way where it's cost effective. You know, sometimes people, there's so much information online. It's really a blessing. And it also is a challenge because there, it seems so overwhelming. You know, you can't physically do too much. And so you have to figure out what are the most important things? And then what are you good at that you want to do? How much is your time worth? And find a way to outsource the things that aren't going to be your strong suit, but yes. also if your time, let's say your time is worth $300 an hour. When you look at your income and when you look at, you know, what you're doing and you're trying to do all the things that you could hire someone to do for $20 an hour, or, you know, it's a one-off thing. And, you know, well, I'll just figure it out. Like I have, I'm growing an email list and I wanted to use MailChimp because with MailChimp is free until you get to a certain number of contacts. And I looked at creating a template and I tried doing one and it sucked okay? <laughs> really bad. And I'm looking at trying to figure it out. And I was just like, I don't want to do this. So I went on Fiverr and I searched MailChimp expert and I found a guy for 20 bucks to build my template, wow. make a video for me so I could send out an email. Cause I didn't even want to have to figure that out. It's like, okay, I need a template and I need to do a videotape. How do I send an email? That was the best 20 bucks spent in years because <laughs> I right. got the video. I went and found it. I, you know, click, 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 and I can send out my emails. Nice. So there are a lot of ways of giving you back your time and understanding when you're going to be doing something, are you the best person to do it or do you hire someone else? And I think as a consultant, knowing as much as I do about marketing, understanding the pitfalls and the upside of internet marketing and sales in particular, I can really help entrepreneurs because I, I know what's going to make sense. And like I was helping a girl get into some social media. She makes these amazing organic soaps 
Uh, she's Aruba Organics, A-R-U-B-A-H organics.com, and they're magnificent products. Uh, she was a soldier in Iraq. She wow. was exposed to uranium, I think it was, and it caused all kinds of problems. So she found ways of, you know, creating these products to help her. You know, I was talking to her about, you know, getting her her social media marketing and she was going to be talking to another, another company. And I said, well, what, what are they offering? She said, well, they said I need a new website. I said, what's the name of the company? I looked it up and I'm like, why do they think you need a new website? She goes, well, she, they think I need to have a new website. I said, well, that's because they sell websites. Right. They don't do social media. That's <laughs> right. Know? Exactly. And then, you know, she, I said, well, who else are you meeting with? And she said, well, I'm going to meet this other company at Starbucks. I'm like, Starbucks? They don't have an office? And she's like, oh, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, we need to get you in social media so you can get in front of people who want, you know, organic vegan stuff and that want this that don't know about you and if you do ads on google and they do a search they don't know you they won't buy from you you know yes. i mean so it's very easy to be sold things when you're a small business owner entrepreneur when marketing isn't the reason why you got into your business right exactly when you don't know about marketing and don't know about sales it's easy yeah. for people to sell you things right so ladies and gentlemen if you're listening out there and you want help with marketing laura is a perfect person to contact so now now laura i want you to um go back and i want you to um to tell me how do you decrease stress in your life i would say that i i write to god every day and i know that he is faithful and i know that I can count on his promises and that's a big part of, of how I live. And I've also found that meditation really works. I had to learn, especially when I was an artist and I was, you know, doing things that were a little bit contrary. I would get in the practice of looking at, you know, if I was looking at how much money do I need? And that was two weeks out. I'd have to pull myself back and say, okay, right now today, do I have everything that I need? Yeah. Do I have some money in the bank? Yeah. Okay, cool. Do I have food? Yeah. Do I have my car? Yeah. Are my bills paid today? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I had like $800 due in rent and I didn't have the money. And I packed up my car with a bunch of paintings and drawings and I just drove around to galleries and people, anyone who would see me and I sold art and I came back and I had cash. You know, it's like it, when, when you need to get something done, you get done what That's you right. need to get done. Right. And it's a matter of being confident enough in yourself and being willing to do the work and just know that you're doing something that you're passionate about, doing something that you believe in and knowing in your heart, you know, you can see it, you can feel it. You just keep going after it. Just be willing to be uncomfortable and be, and just keep moving forward and know what you have as a value. Uh, I think, the hardest thing is, is knowing when you have, like when you get that moment of, okay, I know what I can do. It's like this amazing, beautiful thing. And it sometimes takes a while to find out what that is. There have been years where I felt like I was like, how am I serving people? Especially when I was sick, it was like, okay, what purpose is this serving? And when I finally figured out that I was, you know, the pathetic person, my doctors and my lawyer had studied for years to help. I was like, okay, I'm serving a purpose. I'm the pathetic person walking into the office today. <laughs> and it wasn't my glamour role, but it was like, okay, so I have served a purpose. They went to school for a long time so they could help someone like me. 
And then I was like, okay, that's humbling. Yes. (laughs) It sucks to be the person, you know, don't be like her. But I think having had that experience gave me an understanding of it's okay to just be where you are. Just keep trying to do more. Just oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Don't ever let failure um, stop you. Don't let mm-hmm. ever let situations, um, you know, stumbling blocks, challenges stop you. Move, move forward, no matter what. I mean, you had chemicals, um, you know, allergic yeah. chemicals, and you didn't let it stop you. You went to the medical profession. And you kept on searching and searching until you found the solution, and you went all yeah. natural. And I, I love that. You know. Yeah. So, so tell me. Um, what would you like to say to our audience today? I would like to say that no matter what you have in your heart, if you are dreaming of it, go for it. Hold that vision, hold that belief. Just know that if that's your calling and that's what you want to do, go for it and find people who will support you in going for it. And no matter what, don't give up. Just keep going. Absolutely. Oh, don't forget. Beautiful last words. Don't give up. Just keep going. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to Sprinting to Success podcast. You can learn more about Laura on EsmeLawrence.com. Thank you. Laura, that was amazing. Thank you so much for a great conversation. Thank you so much. I'm Laura Burton. I'm a sales and marketing expert, and I am sprinting to success with Esme Lawrence. Yes. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sprinting to Success with your host, Esme Lawrence. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show on iTunes. For more information about Esme and to hear other episodes of the show, go to EsmeLawrence.com. The information in this podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional or medical treatment or advice. Always seek advice from your healthcare provider.